Hi, I'm Zoe Howarth and I am a Portfolio Non-Exec Director and I sit on three uh, really entrepreneurial businesses boards, um, all of them grounded in social purpose with really inspirational founders and really strong commercial businesses. Um, prior to that, I began my career in marketing. Um, I started as a graduate trainee at Procter & Gamble. I had a short stint at United Biscuits and then I really grew up in terms of my exec career at Coca-Cola Company. I joined as brand manager, left as marketing director. Um, yeah, so that that's me in a nutshell. Zoe, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. It's a pleasure to be here, Kareem. So you left recently a long career uh, at Coca-Cola uh, to begin this new phase of your career as a non-exec board member. Um, why was this uh, a good time to make this move for yourself? Okay, so I actually left Coke about five years ago. Um, and um, I did that, I'd had a brilliant time at Coke. It's a wonderful organization. I've been there for close to 17 years. Um, and I had been marketing director for four years then. And importantly, over the period that we had the London 2012 Olympics in our home market, which for Coke and for a person, you know, leading the UK organization, that was a really fantastic experience um, and something that I'll remember forever. And I think after that, um, beyond that, I felt that I'd, I'd done the job I wanted to do and I didn't want to go internationally with Coke because um, I wanted to be here a bit more for my family. Um, so Coke were brilliant. I took a sabbatical and across the course of that sabbatical, I I kind of discovered this world of entrepreneurs and met a few entrepreneurial founders and actually decided I wanted to learn what it took to run a business. Because um, I think at Coke, absolute marketing excellence and built that skill set. Um, but you are always a little bit of a small cog in a hugely successful organization. Whereas when you flip to small organizations, you really get to touch and feel all aspects. Um, so I felt that I wanted to flex that entrepreneur in me and work with smaller digital first, you know, perhaps more dynamic businesses. So that's that's kind of what, what I did. Wow. So speaking about uh, the 2012 Olympics in London, uh, you know, you mentioned that you led that for Coca-Cola uh, in your home market, which must have been like an amazing uh, experience for you. Uh, not just the Olympics, but in your in your backyard, so to speak. I'm really curious about this, Zoe. As as we as we emerge, seemingly emerge uh, from the current pandemic that we're in, what challenges do you think brands are going to have to consider for the upcoming games? Okay, it's a great question. I mean, uh, first of all, <laughs> there's something very special about the Olympic Games and the Olympic spirit. And particularly at this time in the world when we're emerging slowly from a global pandemic. So it is all about bringing out the best in human nature. It's such a spectacle that unites people across the world um, and leaves a lasting legacy in terms of wanting to be a part of a global community and also inspiring a healthy, active lifestyle, which I think is incredibly important as we step out of a global health pandemic and we know the situation with obesity etc in our country and 
We do, you know, need to inspire people to become more active and enjoy that and play sport and be part of teams and have that connection. So I can't wait for the Olympics. I think it's it's going to be amazing. It's going to give us hope. It's going to give us inspiration and there couldn't be a better time for the Olympic spirit. So uh, I think there's challenges, but I think there's massive opportunities for brands to capture the zeitgeist that we feel right now and how well that the Olympic spirit will kind of coincide with that desire for hope and optimism and coming together and connecting with people on an international scale. Uh, I think the byword as ever is authentic. So, um, you know, we, we're sophisticated as consumers. Um, we live in a transparent world of social media at our fingertips. It's really important that if brands are going to be part of uh, the Olympics, that they need to have an authentic connection. They need to bring something that, you know, enhances the experience as opposed to badging and they need to see it through. So there's no point just being there for the shiny times. Uh, about, you know, certainly Coke's strategy was to invest in grassroots, to enable people um, to, you know, play sport, enjoy sport, be part of that, build a long-term community. So, you know, it's about being authentic and taking a long-term view. Is there anything special or different um, from a marketing perspective, you think? And I, and I realize it's, it's been a few years since <laughs> you've sort of worn that hat, but is there something different, especially because we're, we're, we, we've been cooped up uh, we've, you know, various parts of the world have been in some sort of a lockdown uh, over the past year now, um, and, and people are still sort of hesitant uh, to go into big crowds and, and what that means. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering if brands, you know, outside of getting involved in, in a big global event, uh, if brands are going to have to rethink how they message and, and what they message during that time frame. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there will be a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, well-founded uncertainty about, you know, going into big audiences again. But actually, a lot of us have enjoyed the event from our screens. Um, and I think that it is the best in human spirit, the best in sporting endeavour. And I think that um, that will be true, even if we enjoy it virtually. So... I do think it is about how brands can um, enable access to enjoy the Olympic Games. And I think, importantly, the role that brands have in inspiring action, individual action, on the Olympic Games, because, you know, you are seeing the best in the world. And we, you know, it is great for people to pick up a tennis racket or um, play sport or run races in the garden. <laughs> Uh, in order for them to adopt healthy lifestyles going forward. And, you know, it's a moment of inspiration, a moment of hope. And I think brands can capture that and bring it to a wide audience uh, and inspire people to, to kind of do stuff themselves. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch and, and, and see not just these athletes perform at their best, but to see how, um, how the broadcasters and how the uh, yeah. brands uh, react and, and, and speak to the, the wider audience. I want to talk, uh, I, I want to take a, a little detour here, Zoe. Um, you recently became involved with, uh, with an initiative called Meet Free Monday. Um, tell me a little bit about this and, and why this initiative appealed to you now. Okay, so um, 
I, you know, like we all do, uh, when the world is normal, we, you know, go to lots of events. I'm part of a really fantastic uh, uh, women's uh, group, campaigning group called um, Wackle. Um, and as part of this, they run inspiration, education events to help us think about the world and how we can contribute. And one of these was led by a lady called Julie Baddersley. Julie Baddeley, and she uh, is the founder and heads up an initiative called Chapter Zero, which is their purpose is to help equip boards, um, boards of directors of companies to help um, support their businesses to think about more sustainable practices and how to build good sustainable businesses. So uh, something close to my heart, I went along, heard her speak. And actually, she left a lasting impression about, you know, what we, what am I going to do to help the the climate emergency that we all face? And she kind of got us all together, and I set up a working group called Meet Free Mondays. And um, the thought behind this was really inspired when I was at Coke. I worked on the Diet Coke Break campaign, um, and that was hugely successful. And it was successful because it found a moment in people's lives that was everyday and accessible that actually they could enjoy with a Diet Coke. So it grounded the product and the brand into an everyday occasion that we have. And it actually, Diet Coke brought a bit of uplift, a bit of fun, it's a great taste. Um, so it was a similar thought with Meat Free Mondays is how do we help people to live more sustainable lives? So Cantar helped us with this project. And there's a big insight around, um, I think it's something like 96% of people that they polled wanted to live a sustainable life, more sustainable life, and make changes to support the climate emergency push. But actually only 16% were. And that was because, and I feel it myself, Kareem is like, where do I start? This thing is so huge. Um, how can I make an impact? What do I do? What's most valuable? Um, you know, What's a simple, affordable change to make and how can, where do I start? And so Meat Free Mondays feels like a really simple, accessible change that everyone could do. It's, you know, it's better value for money. It's also really great for animal welfare. Um, it's easy to do. It tastes great and it has a big impact on, on the planet. So it feels like lots of really appealing um, assets to doing this. And then the change is in terms of the climate emissions is much bigger than you think. Um, so I think there's a stat that if the UK's population went meat free for a day a week for the rest of the year, we'd save equivalent of an area of the world's forest um, that's equal to the, all the national parks in England and Wales. So this kind of meat is a big um inhibitor on emissions and is something and we're not saying don't eat meat and you're bad and at all it's just hey think about it on a monday just switch it up a bit and you know try a veggie stir fry or try you know a delicious um plant-based meal so i think it's quite exciting it's a tongue-in-cheek campaign we've developed um it's it really is just some inspiration to help people just think about how they can develop their behavior to be more climate friendly. And over 10 years, it's it's still going yeah, strong, this initiative. It's still going strong. So I, I can't take any credit. This was begun by, uh, by the um, 
Paul McCartney and his daughters, uh, Stella and Mary, uh, they began the Meat Free Foundation uh, 10 years ago. And actually it's led by two great women, uh, Suzanne Barnard and Sarah Boardman. And they've led this initiative with great success um, over the last 10 years. And really I've come together with them, with two of the women, um, Tara McLeod and Lucy Taylor, to create a campaign, a creative campaign, to build out awareness and try and get more partners on board because part of this is just telling people about it in a very friendly, open, accessible way um, and slightly disruptive way. And then the other important thing is giving people the chance to try it. So we've got Papa John's who are doing half price vegetarian pizzas. So that actually when you think about, oh, enjoy a lovely Papa John's tonight, actually you might be tempted to try uh, the vegetarian option, helping the planet taste delicious um, and helping your pocket as well. And uh, similarly, um, the NOR team at Unilever have come on board and are sharing content and, you know, giving people really interesting ways to participate in a meat-free Monday. I want to know, Zoe, what's next for you, for the brands that you're working with in 2021 and beyond? Okay, so... Um, I think as we emerge from this global pandemic, we've all had a lot of time to reflect and think about um, our businesses. And, you know, I personally have a passion. I know it's held in the three businesses that um, I sit on the board of around doing good business. And I think by that, it's this, you know, this kind of triple bottom line that people talk about of, um, you know, profit, um, planet and people and how those three things can work together to drive successful business. And I've certainly witnessed um, one of my businesses is Water Babies. It's the world's leading uh, baby swimming school. And another was Playfinder, um, which is an app that enables you to book sports pitches online. So both of them are, you know, strong social purpose at their heart. Um, millennial brands, disruptive brands, creating better lifestyles for people. And yet they're, you know, unashamedly commercial businesses, successful businesses. And actually, I think that's fantastic. And they're very authentic, too. Um, and I think that's what consumers want is they want brands that have good utility, that work. Um, they want brands that have a real purpose, that are more than just a commercial entity. But they also want brands that, you know, give them a lifestyle hit, that have got kudos, that do the right things that look and feel good. And I think all of those businesses, you know, have those. I think that's a magic formula. And I hopefully, you know, consumers are voting with their feet. And also you see more and more investors wanting to, you know, invest in businesses that have strong ESG credentials, you know, good ethics, treat their people right, and are starting to ask the right questions. So I'm hopeful um, that, you know, out of, you know, a lot of the misery that a lot of us have experienced this year that there's going to come hope there's going to be good practices um we're going to embrace the screen economy and um hope to be you know involved in that there seems to be a lot of uh, new challenger brands around the world um yeah. getting a lot of attention getting a lot of funding uh becoming successful um and I'm, I'm curious and i don't know if you have a thought on this whether the more established brands find it harder to to pivot uh, and to focus on, uh, you know, profit, planet, and people, uh, you know, rather than historically profit? Um, I mean, 
I don't, I mean, there are a lot of disruptors. I think competition is great for the market and the category. And I think big brands would agree with that because um, they, yeah, they excite people. They get people to come into the category and participate. I think there's brilliant examples of businesses doing fantastic, big businesses doing fantastic things and being a force for good. And actually just a, Example I read about was Biffa, uh, waste management business, uh, big FTSE business, huge business, been going very established, has just recently bought um, the company shop, um, which is an awesome business that uses, uh, basically collates um, product that would otherwise go into landfill because it's maybe been packaged wrongly, you know, trial runs, etc., and then resells it at, you know, good prices in areas of deprivation or to key workers. So it's a fantastic circular economy. But you see Biff investing in businesses like that and giving that a platform, giving that investment. So they're really using their, I guess, infrastructure and their power as a force for good to help enable businesses like that to grow. So um, I think, you know, big or small, it's not just the small guys that are the good guys. Um, I think I think we're seeing it across the piece. Excellent. Zoe, thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Kareem. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.